0: Some of you might be very aware that uh, today is the 93rd anniversary of the founding of Opus Dei. On October 2nd, 1928, St. Josemaria, whose image is in this medallion behind me, saw Opus Dei. It's the, the word that he would often use i think that he used always in order to recount this moment in his life that in an ineffable way god and he he was always sure that from the very beginning he was he was very much aware and convinced that that this enterprise that was entrusted to him was really something from from god from our lord he had been praying for years and offering of penances for years to, what is it exactly that you want from me, Lord? In any case, let's go back to the, the he would say I, he saw Opus Dei. He saw people from every, every race, every age, every culture, and people seeking and encountering Our Lord Jesus Christ encountering God in the, right in the middle of the world, in the midst of their, of their ordinary life, in their work, in their family, in the friendships. So, you know, men and women seeking union with Christ and striving to be holy. And he would say, he would he would challenge and say the people who were first hearing him, striving to be holy, to be a saint. Uh, a saint tailor, a saint banker, a, a saint student, uh, certainly a saint mother or father. And again, some of you may be very familiar with this, uh, know about the work of frequented activities of of the work, like meditation now, or recollections, or a circle. And these words might be, you might be very used to this idea, you've heard it quite often, you know, the sanctity, holiness in the middle of the world, offering up your work, sanctifying your work, being a saint through your work, sanctifying others through your work, it can be offered up, you can encounter the difficulties and try to unite them to our Lord's cross. But the fact of the matter is that when our father, as we call him, is in a familiar way, our father, the founder of opus Dei, when he started preaching this, the idea was shocking. this idea that you can be holy in daily life. It was a message that was not well understood by the the people of the time the the mentality the mentality was that you know if you you're you're serious about this, um, you're serious about God and you're serious about holiness. Um, well, if, if that's the case, then, then probably you should look into, because it seems you will have a, a vocation, uh, to the religious life, which is very beautiful and good, or, or, or to a, the priesthood, also very beautiful and good. But somebody in the, in the midst of the world, you know, a, a guy who goes to the office or goes, works in the bank or in the, in a, in a factory or in a, in a small shop, and that didn't fit into their mental schema at all. And, um, that's why the founder of Opus Dei, in a, in a meditation, he was preaching on the, on an anniversary of October 2nd. I think it was 1962. He was preaching to a, a number of, of, um, uh, I think his, his sons in, in, in Opus Dei in Rome. And he said, from the human point of view, the whole work was crazy. That is why people said I was mad, or a, her- a heretic, or many other things. So, I mean, people, he was denounced. Ecclesiastical authorities denounced him. And um, he said there was this, he, he, he called it a most dreadful lack of understanding, Again, the idea may be familiar or somewhat readily accepted now, but then it was, it was difficult and, and, and he did suffer. And, and he would say, Look, if anyone says that it was otherwise, and they don't know the reality. Because he did, he suffered very much. But his conviction, so what's astounding to me anyway his conviction that this was of god from the very beginning one of the one of the fellows that was coming around in those early years said do you think this is possible idea of sanctity and this ideal which you're presenting and and, and father jose Maria he responded to the fellow look this is not something that i thought up it's from god and recent magisterium of the Church has has reaffirmed this idea that holiness is is something all Christians should strive for. The Second Vatican Council, there's a document, very important document, one of the major documents, called Lumen Gentium. It says this. Thus, sorry, thus it is evident that all the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to the perfection of charity. And by this holiness, a more human way of life is promoted, even in this earthly life. Well, in our meditation in this time of prayer, again, for some, this, these ideas might be very, very familiar. Mm. But I would uh, offer to you the, the consideration. Well, first, if you would, to ask our Lord now, who's here presiding over our prayer, ask him that, that Opus Dei, the work of God would be all that he wants it to be. And again, I suppose since you're here in some way, you may have found it beneficial or you, 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 you find the formation, as we call it, the activities helpful for your interior life, hopefully to, to become closer to God, to live your Christian life. We can ask him that you as well and i ask our lord now that i would be what he wants me to be in my vocation as a, as a priest in in opus Dei but that i would have this conviction more firmly settled and that i would be able to transmit this to others as i'm trying to now in in the presence of our lord in a time of prayer that that it is a, it, it's not outside the realm of possibility with god's grace that we can find him and and make our day a kind of a prayer to be contemplatives in the middle of the world. That we can, as the Second Vatican Council says, that we can, we can whatever our status, whatever our rank in the church, whatever we do, that we're called to the fullness of a Christian life. That is, to the perfection of charity. And that means the fullness of a Christian life when you're in the classroom taking lecture notes, or when you're in the laboratory and trying to run an experiment, when you're taking an exam... When you're out with friends on a Saturday night, as much as when you're in an oratory in a chapel praying to our Lord, that you can find this—that there is there is an opportunity for for grace working in your soul and an opportunity for holiness. And as the Second Vatican Council says, um, this perfection of charity, which leads to a more human way of life and even promotes a a, a better earthly life. Because what happens when we try to live this way? I, mean, I think also this is what Saint Jose Maria saw, was that he saw a great mobilization of Christians who striving to imitate Christ's teaching and imitate Christ's life in their own lives would really be, would come to be salt and light in the world. A Christian in society who, who gives this, this good flavor or keeps from corruption. A Christian in society who radiates the light of Christ's teaching, the light of Christ's life, which dispels the darkness, darkness of sin, of selfishness, the darkness of self seeking that is present in many souls. And that people find that attractive. Somehow yeah, that it it um it at least attracts their interest. What is it that this person has? What is it the way this person lives that it seems, to, it seems to be a certain fulfillment in that person? And this is what is, Opus Dei hopes to help people to do. It's um, sometimes characterized as giving formation. The founder would call it, it's a great catechesis, you know, and a great catechesis, you're teaching people formation to form a person's heart and mind, to be conformed more to Christ. And the work in different ways offers practical and hopefully relevant ways of living one's faith in the world, to be a saint in the middle of the world. But in order to do this... And the means that we have that are said that one needs a robust interior life, a strong interior life, a life of, of union with our Lord Jesus Christ. And that requires and opportunities for the Holy Spirit to help us, to, to give us a hand, help us to see things as one of those opportunities right now in prayer. We spend some time with, in talking to our Lord, in what's called mental prayer. We try to get to to Mass, perhaps, to take advantage of that of that greatest of sacraments in union with our Lord. We may have a devotion to pray the rosary, spiritual reading, some good book that nourishes our soul. And at the same time, to fulfill our duties as a student, a professional, a husband or a father. Our duties of working in any honest human profession in a very natural way, but with a true Christian identity. Light to the world, an inspiration to other people, because we hope to reflect, by our own behavior, the life and light of Christ. God made man. One of his very early letters, to the members of Opus Dei, and written in the early 30s. The founder of Opus Dei, St. Josemaria, writes, Above all, you should attract others with the example of your life, your, of your life of integrity, humble and bold at the same time, of living a truly Christian life in an ordinary but coherent way among your, colleague, among your colleagues, which is manifested in, in works of faith. This will be, with God's help, the reason for our effectiveness. Very natural, but attractive way. In the same letter, just a paragraph later, he writes, I pray that my children will have the fortitude that makes them capable of carrying their environment, in the Spanish is ambiente, their environment with them, Because being a child of God in Opus Dei ought to be like a... a, a, Because a child of God in Opus Dei ought to be like a, a hot coal which inflames all around it. Or at least raises the spiritual temperature of those around him or her. Inspiring them to live a truly Christian life. Because those people have the members of Opus Dei, hopefully, were faithful to the, to this founding spirit of, of Saint Jose Maria. And if we're faithful, there will be others who are actively making an effort to incorporate the life of Christ in, in what they do. And I invite you, if you want to give thanks to our Lord for the the good, that with God's grace, Opus Dei is done for souls. It's, it's God's grace. But in order to carry this out, he needs instruments. And we pray, pray that Opus Dei would be all that God wants. And pray that those who come in contact with his apostolates would, would grow with this vision that the founder had. So that we would be ourselves, all of us, members or not, but those who may benefit or, 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 or find that they benefit from the activities, that we would be a, in one sense, uh, I don't think this is a phrase of the founder, but we would be a walking catechesis, a natural catechesis, by, by a life lived close to our Lord. St. Francis of Assisi, as you know, to use the words of another saint, would say, preach always, he would say, preach always, sometimes use words. The idea of preach with your actions, with your life. And so I invite you in your prayer now. As I do, I ask you, Lord, could I give a better witness to my faith by my life? And truly, Jesus, my desire is to live. Your life to be what you want me to be every day, every hour. And I am sorry for the times I have not done that, and especially in my life as a priest, the times I have not risen to the challenge of of this this desire that you have that we that I be holy all the time, that I would say yes to you. Maybe for some of you, I don't know, maybe at the first is to ask for the faith as St. Jose Maria needed to instill in those, those men who, those young men who were coming around him. The first thing he had to instill in them, for sure, was that the, the faith that this is a possible, this is a possibility that you can become holy. This is not an impossible goal. And what does that mean so I can become holy in the midst of my everyday activity well many of you know i mean that i that that I, i'm a solid friend i'm a good friend i'm a generous friend i try to live a christian charity that, but even more than that a true affection and kindness and understanding with everyone even though it's more difficult for me i forgive i try to forgive quickly and not hold on to grudges our critical spirit and i try to overcome that with prayer so that that all of my interactions with people are filled with the charity of christ even though at times it's hard that i i'm i try to be loyal in my in my relationship with certainly family members and colleagues and friends that i don't fall into gossiping or i don't fall into complaining all over the place and to do this a commitment to the practical level a commitment to a time of prayer are certain devotions that will help me in my interior life. That's the way that that will give you the what I like to say the spiritual calories, the energy to have that goal in mind and actually strive to to, to achieve it. In other times of prayer, you, we consider specific topics how that might be done. Praying about prayer, praying about the sacraments that can help us: Holy Mass, Confession. But now the the bigger vision, the vision that Saint Josemaria had on October 28th, 1928 sorry october 2nd 1928 october 2nd that that father called the holiness in obestays he saw it came to make that to announce that to people to bring that to people and that global vision that Attitude would be something that would that would strike a chord in the hearts of many. And it strike a chord in, in our hearts here. And all the, all those who participate in activities, it means the formation of the work. And one practical way before we finish our prayer that I will offer to you to help you to to have this vision and to achieve it, is a, a strong and lively devotion to your guardian angels. October second is the feast of the guardian angels, and for this reason, Saint Josemaria, seeing that and real, obviously realizing that Opus Dei came into the world by God's grace on October second. The feast of the guardian angels. He's always had a great devotion, and he's passed that along to members of the work. The catechism tells us that um, that from infancy to death, human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession. Intercession, real protectors. And I think for some of us, maybe for some of you, maybe. That, um, I think angels, we kind of think of them as for kids and think of that nice picture of an angel dressed in white with the wings and very angelic looking and helping a couple kids across a bridge, which is fine. You know, it's, little kids, it's, it's fine. It's, I mean, it is, it can inspire devotion and it should. I see it. But we also can think of them as, as, as like that and sort of otherworldly, um, ethereal, I think the word is, you know, they're kind of fragile and delicate, too fragile and delicate for this world. And I would say that's a very misinformed vision of what angels are like. If you go to Scripture, in the book of Revelation, where St. Michael, the archangel, is named, he's doing battle with the devil. You know, a great war broke out in heaven michael and his angels against the devil and his angels and he's always pictured with a sword and you see him you know thrusting a sword through the dragon a fighter but even um even gabriel who's most well known the archangel gabriel this is the three archangels we know their names and we just celebrated their feast on september 29th just a few days ago that's why in part, as I understand it, October 2nd was placed near the feast of the guardian angels years ago, 15, 1600s of the archangels, rather. In any case, Gabriel, who's known best for announcing to our lady, she's be the mother of God, announcing the birth of, of John the Baptist to Zechariah and Elizabeth, but he's also known to be a fighter. There's this passage from the book of Daniel in which Gabriel is entrusted to, send a me- to give a message to Daniel. This is in the Old Testament. And he says to Daniel, Fear not, for from the first day that you set your mind to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. He's answering Daniel's prayer. And I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me and I left him there. And the prince of the kingdom of, with the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to befall your people in the latter days. He's coming to give a, give a, a, a revelation to Daniel to tell him to answer his prayers. And he says, look, I was hindered in coming because the prince of Persia, the angel, impeded me. But Michael took over the, the the battle and I'm here to tell you. And when I go back, he says, when I go back, I have to co- confront the prince of Persia again. And then I have to confront the prince of Greece. This is kind of celestial warfare going on. Raphael is best known for helping Tobias on his journey away from his home to make a safe journey to find a wife. And the person he marries is kind of besieged by this bad devil, Asmodeus. Anytime she got married, her husband seven times happened. He died on the wedding night. And Raphael helps to get rid of the bad angel. And he says he's cast out to the edge of Egypt and then Raphael binds him. And These are images of the angels at warfare. And not just for little kids. I hope it doesn't necessarily have to happen to you, but I heard this story from two different sources, maybe three years ago when I was in Spain in the late '80s, that there was a a young lady invited to a meditation at a center, and um, the 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 meditation was on guarding on angels, and she wasn't she didn't really buy into it, wasn't real happy with it, and told her friend so. And but apparently at one point either. That night, or not long afterwards, she was going through a park and there was a man had looked at her funny and she was a little bit scared. And so she said, well, if I have a guardian angel, help me. The man went away, left her alone. But then she realized in that same park, two other women were attacked and robbed. And when she heard this, they were asking if anybody else had seen anything in the park and she... She went and said, "Yeah, I was there, and I saw this man, and they can you identify him?" She said, "I think so." So she was brought to identify the man, she said, "That's the man and um and somehow the story is I understand it she was she was curious, and she wanted to ask the fellow, I think you saw me in the park. Why didn't you do anything and uh he said, "I thought about it, but then that big guy behind you scared me off." I don't know, it's just a preacher story, but I heard it from a nimmer, From two sources. The guardian angel is a protector. And he's not just for kids. They're, they're very real. There's a whole invisible world of angels. They're not just symbols, but they're, 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 they're real beings. And they are here now, present with us. Your guardian angel is here. And their life mission, I can say it that way, their life mission is to help us to get to heaven. Their life mission, their job is to assist us in material things at times. And protection, real protection like that, crossing the bridge like a little kid, or protecting us in a park, or other things that may make our life a more Pleasant, if you will. Many people ask their angels to help them get a parking spot in New York City because, yeah, okay, fine. But their main, their main mission and, and what they most apply all that angelic power to is to help us not to be separated from Christ. To help us to increase in our union with Christ. To help us in our spiritual improvement and in our intimacy with God. They can teach us about the interior life. And they're solicitous, they're very solicitous of our salvation and of our being saints. And sometimes it may be your guardian angel. You know, you can pray to your guardian angel and ask his help. We do every time, you know, the introductory prayer and the closing prayer of a meditation. We always ask our guardian angel for help. to Assist us, which I ask him now, mine and, and all of yours, to help us as we finish our prayer and make resolutions. But to realize that he can help us many times during the day. He, he he may not just a, a little bit get up on time because you you want to start the day right. Don't be lazy, or maybe you should stop this particular particular project because you have something else to do. Or keep studying for another hour. Or hold your temper with this particular moment, this particular person. Or you don't want to go to that place. You know that's not you don't want to go there. You may not, but you don't really want to go. You don't want to go to that website. You should reach out to that friend. You know, kind of. Give some time to prayer or help us to pay attention at Mass or, or understand the real value of the Mass, things like that. Anyway, if we could, or if you would, join me in giving thanks for the fidelity of, of the founder of Opus Dei and this mission that God entrusted to him, let us pray that, that it would be a, a, a an instrument of good for many people, many souls, for the salvation of many souls. And because you're here and praying, perhaps asking, do I believe in this mission? Do I believe that I can be a saint? And do I use the means? And one of those, do I have a, a lively devotion and a, and a sincere and honest and, and faithful devotion to my, my guardian angel in this task? Can we ask Our Lady, Queen of the Angels, to help us to fulfill any resolutions we make in this meditation? I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.